What modern convenience would you least want to do without? Welcome everybody back to Megan's old office here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. That is our question today, our opening question, and I am J.D. Gordlett, your lovely and talented host and the senior pastor here at Dundee. I'm joined again by Keith Holmes, a little less lovely, but still very talented. I I want game show music. You should. Opening. You we can yeah, arrange we can, that. We can arrange that. We can, Jonathan, if you just. Dee, 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 dee. Yeah, Hello. that's right. Hello, everybody. Yeah, there you go. And well, we, hi, JD. How are you? Well, I'm great. We are on our final Hope podcast. We will have many more. Don't don't you fret. Don't you worry. Don't you fear. We will have many more Megan's Old Office episodes for you. And I know you're so excited to hear that. Yes. This is just the end of the, our, our series on hope, and we've just touched a lot of different bases with it, trying to encourage your own Bible study, uh, trying to give you a few things to think about. And today we're talking about hope in the midst of sacrifice, hope right. as we make sacrifices. Right. And our, our opening question is, what modern convenience would you least want to do without? Or we may may phrase it as, what modern convenience would you least want to sacrifice to right. go with our yeah. or go with our theme? Exactly. What would what do you what what would be the greatest sacrifice? Of modern convenience for you. So loaded, and, and loaded up, professor. Minutes ago, minutes ago. Oh no! I was going to say the computer and the internet. I, I just. You're love just, a, you're that. just addicted. That's I'm an info junkie, right? Yeah, right? I love to look the info up. And the great and thing is, is that his info is so worthwhile. It is. It's incredibly. It's not worthless at all. It's, it's. It's not tiring to listen to all the info that he has. Important. Stuff. I wouldn't say but it's tiring. Our, our Other producer, people might use that word, but I'm not. I, I, I'm talking. Oh, I'm sorry. But but our new our, our producer, director, and good friend Jonathan over here, the music director at Dundee Prez, he I think nailed it. Air conditioning. Mm. I don't know anymore if I could live without it. I, Jonathan, I think you're absolutely right. Air conditioning. You're putting that ahead of the computer and internet. I think I could, I could read a good book and maybe the newspaper no, you couldn't. And, and get you, my information. I, you, I, can you read? Do you even have the... Of course I read. <laughs> I have to read the titles I mean, of book? all those videos I watch. Can you read a right? book? There's a difference in I reading. I know you can read, but I can you read a book? Reading. Can I you stand reading. to read a book? I don't know that you can. Uh, I can't. Oh, you yeah, you skim. You've right. told, I, I, told I, me that very, before. Very much. You, you don't read, you skim. I read a 400-page book in like a half an hour, and it's... it's uh, I hit all the main titles exactly. and get that done. It is not exactly something I'm proud of. So air conditioning followed closely by the internet. What about you, Jay? I would say, uh, how about potable water? Uh, oh. You know, something like that. Oh. I mean, the idea is that really a modern. Well, I mean, it, well, sure. It depends on what you mean by modern. But going down to the creek with a bucket and oh. then coming back and boiling the water, yeah. Uh, yeah. so that I'll have something to drink. Uh, <laughs> probably not something. But yeah, I get what you're. It's it, it's a very interesting thing. We have a lot of modern conveniences like the phone and the internet and all that kind of stuff. I bring up. I bring up the water part of it because, uh, you know, we forget. Here's a modern convenience that we forget about. And if we were drilled down and and, uh, and really thought about it, we would say something like a, uh, and it, you know, the ability, we were just spending, pre-show, the three of us were sitting here talking about our favorite cut of meat yes. uh, and, and, you know, what what our favorite meal would be and, and, and things of ribeye and filet mignon came up and right. 
smoking uh, smoking uh, barbecue and yeah. brisket and yep. and none of us mentioned the fact that somebody went to the trouble of raising that meat slaughtering the meat cleaning it and getting it and transporting it to our door so that we could say right. medium rare and and and, uh, and put some shrimp on the side and, and uh, we we forget these modern conveniences all That's the time true yeah I mean the the ability for mass manufacturing of those sorts of things packaging and all of that transportation right. so that brings yeah. me back to potable water and, yeah. and the fact that I've turned my faucet on and I have myself yeah. a, a drink yeah. and, and uh, you forget how hard it was for generations to do the same I, I was changed when I went down to Peru on a mission trip and, and saw that very same thing that these young people or women were walking down to a ditch on the side of the road we happened to be stuck in traffic on and these children were coming out of the bush. They were scooping the water out of the ditch into plastic, you know, plastic uh, buckets. Right. Walking back to their houses. That was their water for the day. And, and that, people, people. That is amazing. There are in, in this spirit, seriously, people have made the case that it's not possible. And I don't necessarily agree with this completely. Mm-hmm. But they've made, tried to make the case that it is not possible for people of this day to really experience suffering uh, because we have so mo- many modern right. modern uh, conveniences. Yep. Uh, in the United States of America, if you are in in the United States of America, and many people are, you're still wealthier than many billion people in the rest of the world, and you're certainly better off than, than many billion people that lived generations and hundreds of years before us. Uh, many people who are impoverished living in the United States have uh, a roof over their heads, have a phone, have a cell phone, have internet, all, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And now I'm not, don't, don't go too far with this. I'm not, you know, saying, "Hey, everybody, buck up and be happy for what you have." And I'll, I mean, there are certainly people in the United States that are suffering in poverty, no doubt about it. But in context, we have so much uh, at our fingertips. Uh, we we really do, and uh, we need to keep that in uh, keep that in perspective, don't we? Absolutely. I mean, the the, the sacrifices we make. I don't think compared to some of the sacrifices, do I eat or does my child eat? I mm-hmm. remember hearing that once as a, a, a woman saying, that, right. do I eat or does my child eat? Right. You know? So it, is, it does challenge us with the idea of sacrifice. I mean, if you're going back a few hundred years or a couple of thousand years, yeah, you had to go down to the creek. Uh, to get your water, was that a sacrifice? It is in our terms to have to do do that, right. but in their terms, in that context, in that time, that that day and age, it wasn't a sacrifice. That was just the truth of life. That was just a fact of existence. Yeah. So it wasn't really a, 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 a sacrifice, something that you that you give up. But it is interesting to talk in those terms and then try to zero in on what really is a sacrifice for us. What does it really mean? It, it, in, in any age, any day, in, in age, any culture. It means to give up something that you have. Right. You can't make a sacrifice of something that you don't have. Right. If you don't have running water in your house, and you never have, if you're hundreds of years away from that being invented, you're not making a sacrifice by not having it. Right. Uh, it has to be something that you forego right. that you could have had or that you did have. Right. You know. And so, where's your hope when you make a sacrifice? Right. Uh, 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 when you actually choose to make a sacrifice? And along those lines, you've chosen for us what? Genesis. I've got, I got a couple of things here. We've got Genesis. Walk us through it, we've brothers. Got, we've got the story of Abraham, or Abram, 
and he becomes Abraham through the, through the covenant that he makes with God. But we start in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, and it, it, this, I think, is probably more sacrificial than a lot of us are, would ever be willing to do. I, as a matter of fact, I know it is. Right. Um, listen now as I read Genesis chapter 12, just two quick or three quick verses, just one through three here. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So there's a promise here. A covenant. A covenant. The beginning of the... These are the, the, the beginning of the words of the covenant that he makes with Abraham, Abram. But, but those first, that first chapter is just really hard to read for me. Why, is that, why do you suppose that is? That is such a huge sacrifice. Now, now the Lord said to him, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house and everything you know, all those modern conveniences of that time, go from all of that. To a land I will show you, and that so okay. He doesn't so even the, name it. He doesn't like. Right. I'm going to draw you a map here, or hand you a map. So there's two things that you're referring to. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. you're fine. Uh, first, he you're pointing out that God demands that he go from what he knows. Right. Sacrifice number one. Right. Sacrifice number two. He says, "I want you to go from what you know, and it where to a land that I will show you." Right. In other words, I want you to go, and I'm not telling you where you're going. I'm, I'm not telling you where you're going to end up. I'm not going to tell you how far it is. Just I'm not start going. Tell you how long it's going to take. Right. There's an ongoing relationship here of revelation. I'm going to reveal to you where you should go. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to indicate to you when you should turn left or turn right, and going forward, and and and, and you will get a land. You will arrive at a land. Uh, but I'm not telling you what that is right now. I'm not telling you what it's called. I'm not telling you how long it will take you for, for you to get there. Right. So this is sacrifice number two. It is to leave what I've always known. And, and at this time, it, uh, God is not calling out to a teenager here. Yeah. Abram is already 75 years old when this happens. And I'm, I want you to leave everything you've known for 75 years and go to something, and I'm not even going to tell you what it is. And, and now, the larger question for me on this, as far in the context of, of hope and sacrifice, is that what does this say about our God? This is the God that you come to church and you worship and that you seek, who is demanding this kind of sacrifice, this kind of action, this kind right. of choice from Abram, and if Abram, so also us, and uh, the, God thinks, the God that we worship thinks nothing of putting us into this position and confronting us with this, with, with this kind of sacrifice. Well, what a re- that's, that's the relation, I guess. That's the relationship that we have with him and where we can find our hope in him. Because if, you, if I were to say to you, J.D., go from this place... Just pack up and go. Right. And I'll call you on your phone. Right. I've got you on GPS. I know I've got my find a phone app and everything. And so I've got you loaded up. 
I'll tell you when to turn. I'll tell you when. Right. You're, you're, Where am I going? Right. I'll tell you when you get there. And why would I do that with you telling me to do that? No offense to you. Not at all. But you don't have that kind of authority over me. Right. I have to allow you to have that authority. I have to give myself over. Right. So my hope comes in my relationship with you in that situation, you playing the role of God. Oh, my goodness. Is that a frightening... <laughs> That is just terrifying. <laughs> but I mean, it's a good, I mean, you bring up a good scenario. Right. It's like, because we're talking about hope. Why does, why does Abram go for this deal where he leaves everything that he knows and goes towards something that he's not even revealed? The, the hope here yeah. is implied. He's making this sacrifice, yeah. giving up what he's always known, go, giving up what he, he wants to know about the future, and finding his hope completely in the one who's commanding, in this case, you commanding me. Right. Uh, I prom- it, it, yeah, and I promise you it'll be a good thing, right? Because you're going to get a blessing. Not only are you going to get a blessing, your family's going to get a blessing, and you're going to bless other families when you get there. Right. And that's... And, and, and what a call. I mean, doesn't, that, I don't know, that sounds a lot like a call for a pastor. Yeah. And, and come, come with me to this wilds of Nebraska, a place called Omaha, J.D. Right. Uh, where you were comfortably living in, I don't know, Toledo, Ohio. Right, exactly the time, yeah. Come with me to this place, and you will be a blessing to those, and they will bless you, and through you, others will be blessed. At least he told me, and at least I could find Omaha on a map. That's true. You uh, And I I had heard of Omaha, but but, uh, he didn't do that with Abram at all. It's just follow. It's just follow me. Be be with me. Be in relationship with me. Find your hope. In my goodness and in my in my ability, God is God, God is saying. But isn't that where you ultimately end up in most all of these situations where you're called to to, to leave somewhere or yeah. to sacrifice something? But you ultimately end up with my hope is in Christ. So I'm just gonna go. Right. You know, I'm I'm coming to terms maybe because I'm getting a little bit older, but I I've I've you know, I'm starting to come to terms with the idea that, you know, I'm gonna go do this for God, and if I die. It's okay mm-hmm. because God is still God. I mean, I, we talked about that the other day. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're my heroes from da- the Book of from, Daniel. From the Book of Daniel. Yeah. Because these three stood at the lip of the fiery furnace and said, "Throw us in, and even if we perish, God is still God." Right. It doesn't but matter we, what happens to what us. What happened to us doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't change the fact of God. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the heart of sacrifice. That's for me the hope. That 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 utter. I mean, you're about to be thrown into a furnace that was so hot it actually killed the guys that carried him over to it. Right. You know, and here we're having a guy that's like, I'm really comfortable here, God. I've got my cows and my camels and my sheep and my goats. Right. And my father's house. Why? What? I'm No, I'm not going anywhere. And consistent with Abraham, there's no indication that he questions, asks questions or expresses doubts at all. He just goes and does it. Yeah. He, this happens again 10 chapters later in Genesis chapter 22 when God demands, not asks, yeah. but demands that he sacrifice his son Isaac yeah. it is indicated by Scripture that Abraham just goes and does it. He's that obedient. Other characters, no. Moses, Gideon, we talked about him last night in Bible study. Yep. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, the father of uh, of John the Baptist, uh, you know, yeah. it, it, asking questions, demanding answers, uh, demanding to understand. 
you know, not Abraham. Abraham just goes. He's making a sacrifice and he just goes. But you also chose Genesis chapter 15 for us, which is an interesting passage. I'll set it up and I'll ask you why you chose this and where where you were led here. Later on, three chapters later, after Genesis 12, God reappears to, to, to Abram. Uh, they're in the uh, promised land now, and uh, Abram is called to make a sacrifice, which he does. He, he's called to sacrifice animals, he, and he multiple animals. He cuts them in half, and then uh, in a deep sleep, uh, he sees a vision of, of, of God passing between the pieces, uh, right. b- between the bloodied pieces of this uh, the sacrifice right. that he has made. What were you? I, I'm going to ask you. What were you thinking? What, what, thinking? what were you thinking, so, Keith, so when you when you went here? When I looked at that one, I mean, we kind of continue on from twelve on this one, right? That we're 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 seeing him now in this land, and he's traveled. Abram, that Abram, is. Yeah, he's traveled, and in traveling, you brought along. He brought along things, mm-hmm. and they slowly dwindle. And, and people. And people. Mm-hmm. And, and supplies dwindle as you travel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at this point, as he's as he's standing here with God, it maybe a heifer and a goat and some and birds and things like that that he's asked to sacrifice are a real sacrifice for him. Well, even because if he had a lot of them, it would have been a sacrifice. Right. But 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 just I just see this sort of journeying, you know, to the end, getting closer to the end of the journey where he finally just He's like, oh my gosh, we're we're down to hard tack and and these last three or four heifers and you know we're we're you know we're 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 in trouble here and God says, okay, this is where we're going to do this mm-hmm. and we're going to make a covenant now mm-hmm. and I'm going to change your name and I'm going to do all these great things for you, but you have to give up that little bit more you have to, of comfort of of what you know because you know a heifer is going to feed you and your crew for right it has value even if he has abundance. The right. sacrifice of a heifer or all of these animals would have cost him something exactly. significantly. So, so here and, and but so we have to make a sacrifice in our relationship with God. It's not our sacrifice that saves us. It's not our doing anything that saves us. I want to make sure that point is na- you know, made very clearly. Cutting the animals in half did not justify. R- in righteousness, Abraham, right? It, that's not what it did. He sacrificed those. It's what happened next, which is God passing through them. And and as you say, you, you, we we mentioned this before the show started. What that? What did that mean when God passed between those? It those meant halves? when God passed through those halves, He was saying, "If I don't keep my word to you, if I do not keep my covenant that I've made with you." Let it be unto me as it is with this sacrifice. He passed through the, the cut, up, cut apart pieces of, of animal, right. and he said, I'm going to keep my word to you, and if I don't, then, then it would be right for me to be destroyed. In other words, I'm going to keep my word to you. Right. And, and so our hope in sacrifice is realizing that God has made a, a, a great sacrifice to us and is all in with us. If we're, you know, And so what you're saying is that Sacrifice is an unavoidable and essential part of our relationship with God still to this moment. Oh, in, yeah. in, in, in modern years, that's just obnoxious. Yes. I, I mean, I agree with you completely that you cannot have a relationship with God without sacrifice. And people might might 
balk at that without realizing that any relationship, any good, decent relationship, requires sacrifice from both members in order to really make that. And and you do that because you love and because you're friends and because that's a joyful thing to share, to make make sacrifices on behalf of other people, on behalf of your kids. Parents uh, do this joyfully. That's the definition of of good parenting. But isn't it amazing how we turn that sacrifice for God into a chore, into a into an odious task. Oh, I love it. Odious task. Wonderful phrase. As as uh, as something that is completely unreasonable. We right. we turn it. it right. How dare God ask me to? We and He's not asking. He's demanding. He's God. He doesn't. He doesn't ask for your opinion. He doesn't ask for your. In light of these passages, you ask a great question here. In light of these passages, what does sacrifice look like in your own life? And I think I, I have to sacrifice my will. You, you had talked about the sacrifice uh, that modern day people are like, well, I don't want to sacrifice. And yet that's the essential part. And so let me interrupt, interrupt right, you right, for right. a minute. So you're saying that in your own life, you, you connect with Abraham's experience by means of the sacrifice of your will. Right. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I, I see, I see the, the idea that Abram, Abram was sitting comfortable and God said, get up, take your stuff and go. And he said, okay. And what do you mean by the sacrifice of your will? How does that, in a specific term, how does that, I mean, do you got a, like a specific moment that comes to mind when you're, where you were like, I've got to sacrifice my Every will? Every Saturday morning I work at the Abide <laughs> House that we have, right? Our, our church is involved with a local ministry mission um, here in town to better neighborhoods that need betterment. And, and we're very happy to do that. But man, at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, when I'm sitting in front of my computer with my cup of coffee, and realize I got to go get a bite to eat and get dressed and head over to the house to organize the day and get ready, that's not what I want to do on a Saturday, the- especially in January when it's freezing cold and there's you know and, and the house has all the windows removed and there's no heat, for example. And that's a good example, but there are even more intense examples of, of, of it too. Recently, oh, yeah. recently we had a capital campaign here. I led a capital campaign here. I felt very good strongly. You, well, but I mean, I felt really strong as a leader to do this, to right. bring this to the church. Yeah. Churches do not have to have capital campaigns, uh, but I really felt like it was time for our church to do this, and yeah. the details of that are not important. But then it was very clear to me from moment one, if we were going to do this capital campaign as senior pastor, I had to get out there, not with the biggest amount necessarily, because there are people who are capable of larger amounts than I am, right. but I had to have the, the, the big, a big sacrifice. I had to make the arguably the biggest sacrifice. Right. And God put a number in my head. I know it was God because when he put the number in my head, I, my first question was, what? what? <laughs> and not only what, what, it was how am I going to do that? And not only that, it, it is something that, that hurts, that, it, that I have to rearrange in, in, in order to get done. And it's t- going to take me a long time to get it done and all this kind of stuff. All of the things that are with, with sacrifice. And there are other people who gave to the capital campaign some Sometimes in large numbers, but they didn't make a sa- right. necessarily make a sacrifice right. it a, yes, because the a sacrifice isn't the largeness of it. It's 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 right. it do, does it make you make accommodations and rearrange well, your life and sacrifices and suffer a little bit or go without something in right. order to accomplish well, it? We can go right to the widow's mite 
Right. It was yeah, all yeah. she had. She yeah. put two pennies in, but it was all she had to live on, and, uh, Jesus said. And Jesus tells us that is the offering. That is the sacrifice that God wants. But you're making the right and strong statement and the challenge to all of us today uh, uh, with the question of whether or not you can have a relationship with God without sacrifice. And your position is there's no possible way that even that you can. And Jesus has made the ultimate sacrifice for us on the cross. And there are tons of, uh, of Christians today who, whether they recognize it or not, are saying to themselves, well, Jesus has made the sacrifice. So I don't have to do anything at all. No. That is just no. absolutely idiotic. Well, that is just idiotic and inconsistent with what Jesus has done on the cross. To sit there and say that Jesus has made this sacrifice and that therefore we don't have to do anything right. at all. That's idiotic. That's the sacrifice you have to make, right? There, that, that's the number one sacrifice you have to make in the realization that I don't get to do what I want to do. Even though Jesus sacrificed his life and, and, and died for our sins... We don't get to do what we want to do because we're in a relationship with him. We're in a relationship with one who makes sacrifice. Right. Not only carrying the cross, not only dying on the cross, but washing our stinking dirty feet for crying out loud. Uh, and you've brought us to Luke chapter 9, verses right. 21 through 26, right. and it reads like this. He, Jesus, sternly ordered and commanded him not to tell anyone that he was the, he was the Messiah, saying the Son of Man, that's him, must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to them all, including us, right. he said, if any of you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Uh, and so goes on for that. Sacrifice look like? Is there any, right, is there any doubt about what we've already said? It is absolutely ludicrous to think that anyone who follows someone like Jesus Christ, who makes the ultimate sacrifice, that that somehow frees them from making sacrifice. No, it obligates them even more Amen. to express their faith and express their appreciation, to express their devotion to this one by means of making sacrifice. Right. And not to earn their salvation, but, but, to, but to merge with, to commune with the one who truly has made the sacrifice. When you take bread and juice at communion, and I hope you do on a, a very regular basis, man, you can just pop it in your mouth and not give it a thought. You're supposed to take it in your mouth and have it affect you and, and dwell in you, remind you uh, of, uh, of what Jesus did for you. And it, what Jesus did was complete sacrifice. Absolutely. And, and, and he tells us, he, and again, this is not a question that he asks us. I, you can read it again if you want to, but he says, if you want to follow me, you must. There's no other way. There's no, there's no if you wouldn't mind. It almost takes on comical proportions right. like, hey, you know, I'm going to carry the cross, but you can follow me in a golf cart. Right. I mean, yeah. he, does not, <laughs> he does not say that. He yeah, does not say, are you comfy? Right. Everybody okay there? Right. Hey, right, can, you're going to follow me? I'm going to carry the cross. Y'all get into a Cadillac with air conditioning. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so he says, you must pick up your cross. So again, we come back to God doesn't ask us. God tells us. And he has every right to tell us. And what kind of God would he be if he had to ask us? Well, this is a great question. There's our hope, right? We hope in a being that tells us what to do. I mean, I had a pretty decent relationship with my parents, and I know not everybody did. Yeah. I get that. 
But I, there, there was a time where there wasn't anything I wouldn't do for my dad. Mm. He didn't have to ask me to do something. He'd say, give me a beer. Because <laughs> that was my one of my favorite. Go I, kill well, a man. Yes, right? <laughs> if he said that, I probably would have tried. I just, he was, you know, but, but, but he had authority over me. And he exercised it. And, and you trusted it, and, and respected I trusted it. him, and my hope was in that, that he would respect me or that he would take care of me, whatever he asked of me. Even if it was a great sacrifice. Even if it was a great sacrifice. And then I got older and became a teenager, and then, you know, you got a mouth on you. Picking up my room became a burden. You got a little lippy. You know, that was cured, too, back in those <laughs> days. But that's the thing. It's just one of those things where it's, you know, and that picture... For me, and and I'm not saying all of our listeners, and I'm not saying you have that have that that, but for me, that was one of the great images. So when I came to Christ later in life, I I, I those images were in in me, and I see that, and and it's it's easy for me to see the relationship. Now I still have a whole lot of teenager left in me, and I get lippy with God, and I get all sorts of mopey, and I don't wanna, you know, but but that that idea of the, my hope is in a God that controls the universe, that he didn't just make it and walk away from it. Right. He's intimately involved in it. Right. He makes a covenant with a guy in middle in the Middle East to, you know, tens of thousands of years ago. I don't know how many years ago it was when Abraham walked the earth, but but he makes he makes a covenant with that guy, and he's still making covenants today with us if we would sacrifice our will and make it his. It is interesting to consider uh, what, what it would be like to have a God who didn't make any sacrifices and didn't call us to make any sacrifices at all. Why did you end up with like a Zeus or a, you know, any one of the pantheon of man-made gods? Well, Those guys he, sit up there and don't make a sacrifice at all for it, us. Their followers quite often made well, sacrifices. Have, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how much of a sacrifice they they were, but I just want to I want to yeah, a I, word like a world like that. Sorry, I want to speculate about what it would be like to have a God who didn't make sacrifices and didn't demand sacrifice from us. I'm not sure the world has ever really produced anything like that. We That's go true. into that. That's true. Uh, but I think it is also interesting to speculate about how much we desire that God without articulating. To have a God that doesn't require any sacrifices right. at all. Right. Even Jesus Christ, which we've already kicked around, that right. clearly Jesus Christ is a God who makes sacrifices in the name of grace, mercy, and love. Right. And how idiotic it is to think that, the, that this God who makes such a, suffers and dies, he declares it here I'm going to do this, so I want you to do this. I want right. you to follow, follow me carrying your cross. But we desire, uh, somewhere inside of our hearts, in a place that we don't articulate, we desire a God that doesn't require any sacrifice from us. I want everybody to think about what kind of human being that would produce. As we rebel and, and, and as we kick and scream against the idea, push back against the idea of, any, of God demanding sacrifice, does that really, would that really produce any kind of a good person? Well, I don't think it produces any kind of good person, and I don't think it produces any kind of good relationship right. with, a, with God. I mean, you know what? I know that there's someone that lives three blocks away from here in a house that's the third, the third house up from the end of the street. And that guy is not demanded anything of me ever in my life. I don't know his name. I don't know who he is. I have no idea. I have 
no relationship right. with somebody that is not going to put a demand on me, is not going to make require some kind of sacrifice. And hasn't me. and hasn't made a sacrifice for you and for right. your benefit. Exactly. All right, brother, bring us home. This is your so, podcast. So as we the, end, you, you, as we end Keith, No, wait, series. but let me, yeah. let me oh. set it up for you. Keith has put, up, oh, put together TV, these. Yeah, yeah the, he's put together this 14-episode uh, podcast on hope. And uh, bring it home, uh, the whole enchilada, sir. So we've been talking about hope, and how can we hope? And and here I found I found this hope. I think this is this for me sums it up. It's Romans eight thirty two. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, the son, graciously give us all things? We are in a relationship with a God who sacrificed for us, demands sacrifice from us. He demands us to be warriors. He wants us to be all of the things that we've talked about. He puts us in situations of disease and illness. He puts us in all these places, and yet he will graciously give us all things because that's his promise to us. And that's the location of our hope. And that's where we hope. Yeah. We want hope. Go there. There's our hope. Well said, my brother. This has been Megan's old office. Check out all 14 of our... We worked hard on this. We did. And then we worked hard. I did. So you owe us something, people. Yes. <laughs> Make a sacrifice. Yeah. Listen to all 14. No, it's, it's, it, it's good stuff. We're proud of it, and we hope it blesses your life. We'll see you next time. We'll think of something else yeah, to talk about. We'll figure something out. We need to have a meeting. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha. Or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.